Good evening. Yeah, I'm Joshua. Uh, hello there. Who said that? John did. Okay. Hello, John. Um, what to talk about? What to talk about? How many of you? I, last time I was with the youth, I have spoken at the youth before. This was a long, long time ago, though. When was that? Was that? It might have been 2016. Yeah, so it had to have been. I think I came on a Wednesday night. Joanna had me speak. Does anybody remember that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Brenda remembers. <laughs> I barely remember, so you guys are off the hook, too. I have no idea what I spoke about. I might speak about the exact same thing. I have no idea, actually, because I don't remember what I spoke about. Um, what I want to talk about tonight is the gift of prophecy. How many of you have you how many of you have heard of the gift of prophecy in relation to your Christian walk? Some of you have how many of the youth have heard of that statement? So okay. No, well good. You guys are in for a treat then. Um I just want to lay out a couple of different things and then get you guys all moving. So I don't—I actually don't hope to speak for that long. Uh, I hope to just kind of lay out some principles for you to think about, uh, to understand, and uh, and then we're going to do some activation type stuff, exercise type stuff, um, you know, running up and down the hallway and things like that. Um, how many of you here have a close friend? Oh, good job! Wow. Um, how many of you have two close friends? Three. Now we're pushing it. I know. Now we're pushing it. That's right. Three. <laughs> Four. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's good. Um, okay, so uh, how did you first meet your close friend? School, church, school, church, work maybe for some people. Um, some people it was a long, long time ago. Some people it was recently. <laughs> Um, when you met that close friend, uh, did you exchange any words? Hi, yeah, hi, that would be a start, right? Hi, how are you? <laughs> What's your name? That could be another one. That was probably part of that first conversation. And when you, when you, but when you first had your, you didn't know that person before you said hi, right? And then you say hi, my name is, and then my name is in all of a sudden your friends. And you know everything about that person, right? After one conversation. No, not after one conversation, right? You don't know anything about that person, except that maybe they're kind of friendly. So now I'm intrigued by this person. And, and so then over time, as you spend time with that person, you texted with that person, you called that person, you spent time with that person, you got to know their likes, their interests, their wants, and they got to know the same thing about you, correct? And that process took a few years and sometimes, some of that was quicker, right? Sometimes you connect with someone quicker. Sometimes it takes a longer time. But one of the vital aspects of developing a close friendship um, had to is, uh, what's that? What? Dress? Trust, yes, trust. That's, that's not the word I was looking for, but that's a good one. That is absolutely true. Um, is communication. Is actually talking. How many of you have ever been given the silent treatment by someone you care about? Did that feel nice? <laughs> no. Did that make you angry and want to give the silent treatment back to that person? Probably. Or at least say words that were uh, maybe uh, less than helpful. Um, communication is a vital 
a vital aspect of having a relationship and having a close relationship. Like, for, take for instance, I'm, I'm married. I've been married for 10 years. And when I first met my wife, we did not like each other at all. Um, <laughs> that's a great testimony. Um, she was very, she's like the weird spiritual girl in the group that we were part of. And so I didn't really like her because I thought she was weird. And she used me to explain to some of our uh, ESL friends from Sweden who didn't speak English very well uh, what the word pretentious meant. So you guys know what the word pretentious means? The word pretentious means arrogant, prideful. And so she said to our friend um, who was going, what does the word pretentious mean? And she said, well, you know how Josh is? And they said, oh, yeah, I understand what pretentious means now. And so she didn't like me very much, and I didn't like her very much. And when we first met, uh, we didn't really have much of a relationship, and we didn't really talk a whole lot. And over a few months, we kind of grew warm to each other and, and started having conversations. She, I, was, I was going through some things that God was showing me, and so I was asking her questions about what God was showing me. And that was kind of how our relationship started, as I would ask her a question and she would answer. And then we'd go out to coffee occasionally. We'd developed a, a good friendship because we had trust very good we had trust and then as we trusted each other more our conversation went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and so eventually she fell in love with me I liked another girl so she got really annoyed with me and then that didn't work out and it was all a big gong show but now we're married so everything worked out in the end <laughs> and we have three kids and so that part's hard but the other part was easy so <laughs> So um, now, if I, how many of you know, when you're with your friend, say your friend is on the other side of school, or other side of, um, maybe it's the the, uh, the lunch area, what do they call that? The cafeteria. Uh, maybe they're on the other side of the cafeteria, they're talking. When you didn't know them, you probably couldn't pick their voice out from anybody else's voice, right? But when you began to know them, you can pick up the distinct tenor of their voice from in the midst of a crowd, right? And I know that about my wife. I, I can hear If I hear her talk now, I can pick her voice out over 30 other people talking because I've grown accustomed to her voice, because I've spent a lot of time with her, because we've had this ongoing conversation day in and day out. And I know various different ways that she communicates, just like you know various different ways your friends communicate. And as you've spent more time with a person, you become more and more familiar with the person and the way that you communicate deepens and deepens and deepens and deepens. And your, and your uh, appreciation for what they have to say uh, grows and grows and grows to the point where maybe you have decisions to make. Um, so you might turn to your friend and say, hey, can you help me out with this? And, or should I do this? Should I not do this? Or I want, or you have things like you go on vacation. So you go, you want to make sure your friend knows that you don't not like them. You're just going on vacation. You might not be able to talk for a couple of weeks. And so you have all these ongoing conversations because you have a relationship. And so when I say the term prophecy, what prophecy really is just to distill the mysterious element of using a word like prophecy is having an ongoing conversation with a friend. And the friend is the Holy Spirit. You've been given the Holy Spirit. That's the, the birthright of you as a believer is to hear from God and to have a relationship with God. How many of you are familiar with the concept of hearing God's voice? That he can speak. Some of you are familiar with that concept? Hearing God's voice and that he can speak. If you look at the Bible, he speaks throughout the Bible. I mean, the first record, the first verse, like you go Genesis 1, 1. 
In the beginning there was nothing, and then there was something because what? Because God spoke, right? Because God said, let there be light. So first recorded utterance in Scripture is God speaking. He obviously had a relationship in mind. If he, He's a talking God. And then you see that he creates Adam and Eve. And then he, it says he walks with them and talks with them in the evening breeze or in the evening when it was nice and cool outside. And so he had a conversation with them. And you even see it when after Adam and Eve have the fall. I'm assuming you guys are familiar with it. This, Adam and Eve eat the, eat the fruit, they fall, and it shows God coming into the garden, and he says, Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? So he obviously expected to have a conversation with them. When you ask a question, what do you expect? A response, right? That's part of communication. That's part of an ongoing dialogue. So you see, right from the get-go, God created people to have a relationship with them. And then throughout Scripture, we have people in the Old Testament that were called prophets that God especially spoke to. And so you have all these recorded moments. He, he talks to his friends, like it says that Abraham uh, was a friend of God. David was a man whose heart sought after God. He calls people friends in Scripture because he has a conversation. You have a conversation with friends. Communication is vital to any relationship. If you have no communication, you have no relationship. If I have no communication with my wife, I have no relationship with her. If I have no communication with my friends, I have no relationship with them. But when I have a relationship, I talk. And, and, and it's not just me talking, it's him talking to me. And we see in Scripture that there's various different ways that that communication happens. That communication can happen by him saying, Josh, now I want to talk to you. That communication can happen because there's pictures that you see when you close your eyes and you ask God to show you things. You have... Uh, how many of you, the, the, especially the youth right now, have ever walked into a classroom and all of a sudden felt depressed when you walked into the classroom? Or felt some emotional heaviness when you walked into the classroom that maybe you weren't feeling the moment before? How many of you thought that that's happened to? Youth. A couple of you? Yeah. Yeah. So that oftentimes is God showing you that someone in that place is struggling with depression or struggling with, with a heavy thing, and he's asking you to pray for that person. There's this ongoing dialogue that he desires to have with you. The Bible calls that type of person a burden bearer. God communicates with those people. I'm not going to get into the depths of what that is, but God's communicating with you in very instinctual ways. And sometimes it's this ongoing conversation. Sometimes it's pictures that he shows you. How many have ever had a dream? Dreams full of pictures, right? How do you, what is the statement? A picture is worth what? A thousand words. So a picture is literally God speaking, and a vision or a dream, something that happens at night when you're sleeping, is a, is a communication from God. It's his voice speaking. And, and we see that throughout Scripture, too, that when people have dreams, it's called the Word of God. The Word of God comes in a picture form. And, and so you have this, you have this, thing in the Old Testament called prophets that hear from God, but then you come into the New Testament and you have all of these people hearing from God and he desire, him desiring to speak. Is this making sense? Yeah? Okay. So all I'm trying to say is when we talk about a gift called prophecy, we're talking about the, the tendency of God or the desire within God to communicate with his people. And you here are his people. And you can hear his voice. If you've had a dream, that means you can hear his voice because he speaks in dreams. If you've had a moment in worship, there was, there was a lovely presence of the Holy Spirit here in worship. How many felt some kind of peace or some kind of warmth or some kind of presence during worship? 
It was a lovely presence during worship. That's the Holy Spirit communicating with you. Now, you might not hear a specific, like, okay, now I'm going to move in your heart during worship. You don't, you don't necessarily hear that, but you feel his presence. He communicates who he is to you by coming to you. My wife communicates to me not always through what she says. Sometimes it's through the look she gives me. <laughs> How many married people know that one? The look. You, How many of you know with your friends? They give you a look and you're going, oh, they're upset. Or you know when they're crying, there's probably something going on. There's Communication doesn't just have to happen verbally. That's what I'm trying to say. And when it comes, and so if we communicate that way as humans, you can bet God who created us communicates that way with us. And you say, again, and I'm not just saying um, random stuff, but this is what you see in Scripture. There's Old Testament examples of people hearing from God and being moved to tears because of something that was on God's heart. Not anything was said, but he communicated through a, a burden that was placed on a person's heart. So sometimes you feel, sometimes you see, sometimes you sense, sometimes you just have an inner knowing, sometimes you see a picture. All kinds of ways that God speaks to you personally to you. And he speaks to you, and sometimes it seems, uh, for some of you, it's made you feel a little bit crazy. Because you don't know why when you close your eyes you see random pictures. Or you don't know why your emotions tend to fluctuate so much. And, and some of that's part of, part of growth and development and all that stuff. But some of that's because God's speaking to you through your emotions. And so, so sometimes for some people it can make them feel crazy. It can make them feel discombobulated. And so I'm here to help you understand what does it look like when God speaks to you. And how do you recognize those moments. Because those moments will come to you. Regardless of age. It's because you can be two years old. Like, I've had some of the most profound prophetic words from my daughter when she was two. Like, deep, deep moments where the Holy Spirit touched me because my two-year-old daughter said something to me. And I knew it was God speaking. And I've had incredible moments with, from people that are 70, 80, 90, 90 years old. I had one lady who could barely move anymore pray over me, and my goodness, the, the weight and the authority of her words, it was like it, she was speaking directly on behalf of God. And so you can, it doesn't make a difference how old you are, how young you are, God can speak. Just like you can communicate at whatever age you can communicate at, you can communicate, so God can communicate with you. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14.1, uh, this is New Testament, it says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So that's like that's just blatantly said in Scripture. It's not like if you want to. It says pursue love because love is important. How many know love is important? Right? Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That means earnestly desire the Holy Spirit coming into your life and doing significant things. And that term earnestly desire means to pursue and run after. So it's not just like a, yeah, I kind of want to do that. There's, it's, and, and then uh, especially that you may prophesy. So, uh, how many of you know God is good? Right? Okay, good job. That's the right answer. God is good. So, do you think God would say in Scripture to desire and pursue something if he was going to go, well, but I'm not going to give it to you? Probably not, right? If he's good, if, you ha if your dad says, you should, you need, for your 16th birthday, you need, I want you to desire a car. Tell me what car that you want. And then you get to your 16th birthday, you end up, you're excited, right? Because you figure your dad's probably going to get you that car. And he goes, Haha, I was just kidding. That's hurtful. <laughs> How, that would be, you'd be angry with your parents if they did that. 
That's not a nice thing to do. Maybe I will do that to my daughter. That sounds kind of funny. <laughs> She's only five now, so I have some time to work that out. Um, but so, so God, when he says in Scripture to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts and desire to prophesy, he doesn't say it so that he can go, well, you're never going to be able to do it because I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give it to you. That wouldn't be a good father. That would be a bad father. And we know Scripture says that God is a good father. So when he says that, he means you can do it. Why? Because it's the fruit of having a relationship, being able to hear him and speak with him, and then he'll give you revelation about your friends, about the people around you, so you can speak to them as well. We've had a couple moments on Sunday night and Monday night where God has spoken to each and every one of us. It's been, it's been wonderful. Everybody has the potential to hear from God because conversation is a vital part of relationship. So if you lacked the capacity to hear from God, it would mean you lacked the capacity to have a relationship. And Scripture says that he, he doesn't choose anybody as special. He, does, he makes everybody to him as special. It says that the Scripture Bible uses the term, he is not a respecter of persons, meaning that he doesn't say, well, you're better than you are. No, he broadly reveals himself as a relational God desiring to have a relationship, desiring to have communication. And that's an aspect of prophetic ministry, of prophecy. Even in the Old Testament, here's a quote for you in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah 7, um, when God's talking about the Israelites as they came out of, um, out of the land of Egypt, when they were in bondage for 400 years, he says to them, he says to Jeremiah about the Israelites, um, this is what I commanded them. I didn't command them to... to um, make a bunch of sacrifices and to do a bunch of offerings that ultimately came but he says this is what i said obey my voice and i will be your god and you shall be my people so that even in the old testament god the whole point of god having a people was that you would hear his voice and that you would listen and have a have a conversation a relationship see it's it's not just like new testament stuff it's old testament stuff too because god's a relational god I mean, one-third of the Trinity is called the Word of God. And that doesn't mean that when, the, when, when we say the Word of God, we don't, I'm, I'm not referring to the Bible. I'm referring to the person of the Trinity known as Jesus. He's known as the Word of God. And so that's a person. That's not a, that's not a text. That's a person. So if, his, if, he, if Jesus is called the Word, you better think that God wants to communicate. He's got words to say. And you can listen. Scripture says that everyone can prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14.31, you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. John 16, talking about the Holy Spirit coming to you. How many of you know the Holy Spirit coming? You remember Jesus at the baptism, the Holy Spirit came to him, and in the way that it came to him, it comes to you. The Holy Spirit comes to you and speaks to you. In John 16, he says, The Holy Spirit will speak to you and declare to you things that I'm saying and things that are to come. So that's just broadly said about any Christian. Anybody that believes in God, anybody that has a relationship with God, God will speak to. He desires to speak to you and to speak through you about others. I was, I was uh, mentoring a young woman in um in this particular area about hearing god and um we were we were uh set to prophesy over a particular person in front of us and we're sitting there going okay god what are you saying to this person and we're trying to hear god and quiet ourselves and hear and um out of nowhere she says you know, i i think i had said a couple things to this 
to this this lady, and she's an Eastern European lady, and she was very um, hard-faced. And you could see she'd been through a hard life just because she was very um, unemotional and unmoved. And so I said a couple things, and she just stared at me like, who are you? And uh, I was going, okay, I don't, I don't know if anything I'm saying is right. I just can't tell. You know, normally someone might respond or, I mean, we're Christians are weird. We like celebrate when people cry for some reason. We're weird like that. Um, anyway, she's just sitting there stone-faced. And I'm going, I don't know if what I'm saying is true or accurate or doesn't seem to be touching her. And, and so as I've said these things, I'm going, okay, I don't know what to say. This The girl, her name's Michelle. She's in her, uh, she was probably about 20, 21 at this point. And uh, she just bursts out and blurts out, how's your relationship with your mother? And the woman just instantly loses it, and she starts crying. And so for about 45 minutes after that, these, these mamas in the group came around this, this older woman who had been stone-faced to the beginning, and now at the one question, how's your relationship with your mother, everything just started coming out because her mother had rejected her, and her mother had passed away, and there would never been reconciliation. So there was this deep, deep hurt. And so I turned to Michelle afterwards, and, uh, and I said, Michelle, how, like, how come you asked that question? What was your process for thinking that you were to ask that question? And she said, well, you know what? I was just sitting there looking at this woman, and this thought just kept running through my mind. And she said, I just kept thinking, Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli. If you don't know who Liza Minnelli is, she's an old actress. Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli, it's kind of a fun name to say, actually. Liza Minnelli. And she said, and then I started thinking, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Judy Garland. And you guys know The Wizard of Oz? You know what that is? The Wizard of Oz, the old black and white movie turned color. Judy Garland was Dorothy. So Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Judy Garland. She goes, oh, I remember reading that Liza Minnelli was Judy Judy Garland's daughter. I remember reading that Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland had a very broken relationship. Huh, how's your relationship with your mother? And so that was the process. It was so, it was just her thoughts as she was processing them. God was speaking through her thought life. And what she, and so just paying attention to that string of thoughts, Liza Minnelli, Judy Garland sounds so weird. But then it was a moment that really unlocked the heart of this woman, and she had a deep, deep moment of healing all from this kind of strange thought process as you're going through it. Uh, I remember one time we were praying over a, uh, a young woman, and we, we were saying this, she was probably about 14 or 15, and um, we were saying a couple of things um, about, you know, you like animals or whatever. I, wasn't, I'm not, I don't remember what we were saying, but um, as we were right in the middle of this whole process of saying, okay, I see this picture for you, I see this picture for you, it's like I heard the Lord so clearly say to me, tell her I don't think her poetry is stupid. And that's right, God uses that kind of language with me. And, uh, and so I just kind of blurted out of my mouth. And I said, well, look, God wants you to know that your poetry, he doesn't think your poetry is stupid. And she just, her jaw drops and she says, I used to write poetry all the time. But I thought it was so ridiculous, and just I just was so embarrassed by it that I stopped writing it. And I said, well, God wants you to know that he doesn't think your poetry is dumb. I shared this story yesterday. She was very encouraged by that. I shared this story yesterday, I think I did, anyway. I was praying one morning, and as I was praying, this picture popped up into my mind. And it was a picture of the gas station attendant, who I, who I would normally stop at this gas station on the way into work to pick up some um, snacks for the day. And this, the picture that I saw was her as a little girl dancing like a ballerina. And so I thought, oh, 
okay, well, maybe I'll tell her that when I see her at the gas station later when I'm on my way to work. And so an hour, an hour passes by. I got ready for work. I'm, I'm driving. I pull into the gas station. I go in. At this point, I'm terrified out of my mind to actually tell her the picture because I said, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do tell her. I say to her, well, I was praying this morning, and uh, I feel like God showed me a picture for you. And do you mind if I share it with you? And she looked at me like I was crazy and said, okay. And so I shared the picture with her, and I said, um, I saw you dancing as a little girl, and you were a ballerina. And she goes, no way. Get out. You're joking. And I said, no, that was the picture that I saw. And I thought she was offended at first, and, and I didn't know what to think because she had responded like so emotionally. And she said, when I was a little girl, I used to love doing ballet. And I said, well, I was shocked at this point that it actually worked. And so I said to her, well, God wants you to know that he loves you. And I ran out of the door because I didn't know what to say after that. And uh, so that, all that to say that it was just this, this picture that popped up into my mind when I was praying one morning. And it was a really powerful moment for her. Or for uh, Michelle, the, the 20, 21-year-old uh, young woman, it, it was just this thought process that was Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli, Judy Garland. Or sometimes for the, for the other girl, it was just this, this thought that came out of nowhere that said, tell her I don't think her poetry is stupid. It was so, it's so, it's so, the, these thoughts are so common to you that you have no idea they're actually coming. And because scripture says that you can do it, that means you can do it. And God's speaking to you in various different ways. Again, if you've had a vision, if you had a, if you've had a dream before, then God's speaking to you. And if, 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 if maybe at one point I'll come back and we'll do a, a longer thing on dreams and talk about that, but we're not going to do that tonight. So a couple a couple different things. You guys following along with this? Is this yes? Okay, good. A couple of things that when God speaks, the things that happen. First uh, John four, first John, first John three. Uh, says that when God speaks, that it destroys the works of the devil. That means the things that have hurt you. So God speaks and it brings healing in the ways that you've been hurt before. That's one of the that's one of the purposes of the gift of prophecy is to speak words of kindness that empathize with a person and show God's perspective. Scripture says uh, in Psalm one thirty nine that uh, God has as many thoughts towards you as the sands on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. Have you ever? Gone to you guys have the uh, the ocean shore just north. Have you ever gone there and looked at the sand? There's a lot of sand. If you just grab one handful of sand, you probably couldn't count the grains of sand, right? Do you think you could? It'd probably take you a long time. It'd be pretty difficult, and that would only be one handful, and that would be a lot of grains of sand. Imagine if you counted every single grain of sand on the seashore. That would be more than you could possibly fathom doing that you spend your whole rest of your life doing that so and that's the case with god he has as many thoughts he has more thoughts than that towards you so you could spend all of your life hearing his thoughts and never exhaust his thoughts towards you prophecy is the is the action of sharing those thoughts and that helps to destroy those evil works those things that have hurt you that have disintegrated you that have that have caused you pain that have caused you trauma so god comes in and he speaks through through uh, the people around you Prophecy, again, the gift of prophecy reveals the knowledge of God, reveals what he knows about you. Again, with the girl who does the poetry, he knows that she's, she is made to, 
create poetry. And so he speaks about his knowledge about her. So God will share things with you that are his knowledge about the people around you. And one of the things you'll you'll one of the things that can happen is as God speaks to you, um, it will impact the lives of the people around you, especially as you share those with them. It'll impact your own life, but it'll impact the life of people around you. Another thing is it as um, uh, words from God will turn the hearts of people to Him. Scripture talks about how. Um, the, the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children and the children to the father. And, and that's a picture of prophetic ministry. Is God, the speaking of God will turn hearts to the father and the father to him, God the father. So he'll share things with you that will help people turn their hearts to him. So he'll bring healing. He'll bring hope. That's one of the things that prophetic ministry does is it brings hope. God speaks and it brings hope. I went through a season where um, the Lord spoke to me because I'd gone through some very difficult circumstances in my life. And he said, "You, lo- Josh, you lost your hope. Let me speak hope back over you. And he began speaking to me and began reinstilling hope in my life. Because with hope, I mean, without hope, you won't. there's no, no reason to do anything. There's no reason to try at school and see what you can do and, and see where you can go. But with hope, you go, oh, I hope that then when I get the report card, I hope that when I go to college, I hope that when I graduate, there's a hope to fulfill something. And so God instills hope when he speaks because hope helps you see the future, helps you envision the future, and helps you be drawn towards that place. And so when he releases messages, he releases messages that bring hope. Think of um, in, in, in the Bible, there's a particular example um, of the woman who is caught in adultery. Have you heard that story, the parable of the woman caught in adultery? She's, she has uh, had an affair, and a bunch of people have found out about it, so they grab her, and they take her into the, the middle of the town, and they're going to stone her to death, because that's under their, under their culture, that's what you do when someone's done that. And so Jesus is standing there, and Jesus is looking, and all of these people are going to do this, and they said, Jesus, what do you think about this? Because Jesus was a respected teacher to the people that were around there. And Jesus says, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. And so everybody slowly realizes that they can't throw the stone because each one of them have their own issues in their heart. And so when every one of them has put their stones down and walked away, he looks at the woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? Where are the people that were going to kill you? And she says, I, They left. And he says, neither do I accuse you, go and sin no more. So what he did in saying that was he instilled hope in her that her tomorrow would be better than her today. That something different could happen. That somehow she could find a different identity. And so when God speaks, he often reveals the hope he has for you. I don't accuse you. I Go and sin no more. Do, do everything that's in your heart to do. There's, there's, there's hope instilled. When God speaks. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. You're getting a picture of this. Just another minute, and then we're going to switch gears. First um, Corinthians 14.3 says this, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Okay, do those words make sense to you? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. The, the easy way of understanding that is... He who prophesies lifts up, build up, builds up, and cheers up the people around him. That's what it is. It's the lift up, build up, and cheer up. 
And so God speaks in order to lift people up, in order to build people up, in order to, to comfort is to, how many, you're, when people comfort you, someone comes alongside, you're feeling sad, someone brings comfort, it cheers you up, right? That's, so when God speaks, it's a lift up, build up, cheer up. There's, there's the, that's the basic tenor of his voice. That's the basic way his voice sounds and what he does. is He speaks and he lifts you up, he builds you up, he cheers you up. That's, that's, so we say, um, essentially, the, the boiling that phrase down is that when God speaks, we look, we look for the gold in the person, because God sees the gold in the person. What's hidden deep within their heart that they need to know God sees and knows them and loves them? The thing that, the thing, what's the thing that you see about that person? Sometimes it starts in that place. When I look at you, I see this beautiful, beautiful person. And sometimes people just need to know that someone else sees that. And that can be the very voice of God. Because people need to hear that. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 24 and 25, that uh, when uh, the prophetic word is given, that the secrets of the heart would be made clear, would be open. So you would know what was in your heart. And God knows what's in your heart. There's a, in, in, the, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there is a statement that is only ever attributed to God, and it's that he knows the heart. There's a, great, there's a fun little Greek word called cardionosis. Where do you, what do you think? Do you know what the word cardio means? Cardio has to do with your heart, right? Do you know what the word gnosis means? No knowledge, yes. So he is the heart knower. That's what that word literally means. God is the heart knower. And so when he speaks, he reveals what's in your heart. The things that he put in your heart that he loves and he cherishes. That's why we say digging for the gold in the person. What does God put in there that he esteems, that he cherishes? He knows your heart and he can... He can uh, esteem that and establish that. So that's the that's that's kind of an overview of. Does that make sense? That when we talk about the gift of prophecy, is that an overview that you can kind of grasp what we're talking about? Yes. Can I get nods or nos if you think no? This is so confusing. I just want to go home right now. Um, that's okay. You can't go home yet. I won't let you. Uh, so I I just I want to do. Uh, a couple more things, because the scary thing is I'm going to get you all to do this in just a second, okay? But first, I'm going to do it so you don't think it's so scary, okay? Is that Can we do that? Is that all right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so what's your name? Yes, Sienna. Sienna, I just, um, I just felt like the Lord shared with me uh, during worship uh, that when he sees you, he just sees such purity. That there's such a there's such a pure intention in your heart in how you love and care for other people. That that there's there is um, such a purity of thought life, such a purity of conscience. Uh, that he looks at you and he just sees this this beautiful beautiful royal princess. That there's there's always like there's there's just such a integrity about you. And so you carry things that make people feel safe. When you come into the room, you make people feel safe. When people are around you, you make people feel safe. And that, that integrity and that, um, that purity helps you care for other people. So part, what, when, when you're a person who carries that purity, that integrity, when you see other people, you see them for the best that they could be. You don't see them for, I mean, you could see like 
the dirtiest person over here and you could go, no, I can see what's in that person that's actually to be cherished and valued. And so you see people for who they're created to be, not for what they're stuck in. But that's not just because you've practiced that. That's because you've been made that way, that God has gifted you with that. And that there's just this pure innocence about you to see others for all that they can be and to, and to esteem others, to build others up for all that they can be. It just comes out of you. And so when people are around you, they feel like cleaned off because, my goodness, I love being in her presence. My goodness, the way she impacts me just by her being around. And so that's just, that's when, when I looked at you, I felt like the Lord shared that with me about you, that you have such a way of helping other people see the good that's within them. Uh, because you see the good that's within yourself, and you—you—that's like a, the bedrock of who you are. Saying, "I—I—I'm not going to compromise for anything." But you don't—it's not like a, a the lack of compromise in your life isn't that you don't like other people. You still find compassion for other people, but you say, "Just for me, I'm not going to compromise my my moral integrity." So there's just such a purity and an innocence about you. Is that encouraging? Okay, good, good. Does that make sense? Okay, good. And then, well, who, what's your name? Samantha. Samantha, I saw such a creativity about you. Um, I just saw you like making things with your hands. I don't know if it was art or or crafts or things like things like that. I just saw such a creative element in who you are and the way you think about things, the way you perceive things, and and the way um, the way that things come out of you. You have a creative way of thinking and expressing yourself in the in and even see even in like the humor that you carry. You just have a creative and unique expression of the humor that's within you. And, and who you are. And I, I feel like God has gifted you to express, to express aspects of who he is in unique and creative ways, because you're just so, you're different. And people look at you and they go, well, that's Samantha, you said, right? Yeah, that's Samantha. She's, she is, she's different. She kind of is to the, marches to the beat of a different drum. Um, and I feel like, but God's gifted you that way. It's not a way, I mean, sometimes when people are, are unique and created in that way, Sometimes they end up being ostracized, but I feel like God's created you so uniquely to express him in very talented and creative and beautiful ways. And again, I don't know if it was art or crafts or something like that. I felt like it was something you created with your hands um, and a way that you could express that through your hands. And, and so I just saw that about you. Does that make sense? Okay, good, good. Because <laughs> you just don't know. It's good to make. Does that make sense? Uh, um. Let's see. What else? What else? You. What's your name? Yes, you. Me. <laughs> yes, the trustworthy one. Ira. Ira. Oh yeah, you did the. That's right. Yeah. Um. I. I actually do. When you. When you said trust, I feel like the Lord says the same thing about you. Is that you're trustworthy? Uh, I feel like you're someone that people can confide in. That they can tell secrets, and there's no way you would divulge them. That you would just honor and respect the the um, the uh, the the personhood of the other person if they were sharing things with you. Then I just feel like one of the things the Lord was showing me is that you there's there are, you lay yourself down in order to lift your friends up. 
that you are someone who you don't like, you're like, well, let's do your thing. We don't have to do my thing. That you're so willing to take a step back so that other people can, can be happy. And that's what actually makes you happy is I don't need to do my thing. I can watch other people do their thing. And, uh, and so I, I just feel like there's such a way that you help people discover what they're created to do and how they're created to function because you push them forward and you say, I'm happy being that. I'm happy being here. And that's, that's really that place of serving other people and it's leading by example. It's not, so there is a leadership thing on your life, but it's not a leadership thing where you say, we're going over here and we're going to do this thing. We're going to knock this wall down. It's a leadership thing that says, here, I'm going to push you forward and let you do everything because I'm comfortable being back here and celebrating what you're doing and how you're succeeding. And, and so that's just a way that, that your heart connects with other people. And, and I feel like, um, there's there, how old are you? 17. Okay. Um, I feel like there there were some specific circumstances around the age of 10 with friends around you that you pushed forward and you saw them succeed. And it wasn't at your, at your detriment, but there was some specific things that happened when you were 10 that really saw that practiced and really saw that pushed forward, esteeming others and valuing other people, that some very specific circumstances happened there. There was, there was a few friends that just excelled because of your presence in their life and how you impacted their life and, and the things that you poured into their life. And, and I felt like, and I feel like, um, there was there's something about how your family has impacted. Do you have brothers? A brother. I just feel like there's something about how maybe it's your brother that your brother impacted you and and has inspired you in that particular role. There's like there's like a positive a positive impact that's inspired you in that role and doing that thing. And you've you've just been that person for so many people. And so I just bless you. Does that make sense, Ira? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So just say it's easy, okay? It's not hard. It's easy. Now I've been doing this for a long time, so I've I've trained and and all of that kind of stuff. But I've trained lots of people. It's not a it's not supposed to be a complicated thing. It's a natural thing, and uh, and um, so it was like with with Ira. I saw I saw her heart connected with people. So I thought, oh, that's friendship. She loves other people and she pushes other people. That was a picture that popped up into my mind when I looked at her. And the word trust just kept standing out to me. And so I just couldn't stop thinking about the word trust. And so it's just a natural thing that comes out of you in the way that you think and the things that you see. So you, the first thing you do is you ask God to speak to you, and that's what we're going to do. And then you let him speak through you. Okay, does that make sense? So now this is what we're going to do. This is the fun part where I get to challenge you. Is I want you to get into groups of four. Okay, groups of four, preferably with people that you don't know, so you can't go with your friends. Okay, you got to go with other people, people that you don't know as well. And you don't, not, you don't, it's not that you don't have to know them at all, but you don't want to know them as well. And because it can be easier sometimes to do it that way. Um, so get into groups of four. And um, why don't we do that now first? Get into groups of four, and then I'll tell you what to do. Get into your groups, people that you don't know as well. People that you don't know as well, groups of four. Let's do the groups of four. Okay, we've got two up here, so we need two more over here. Who's who? We need John. Why don't you come over here? 
And so who's who's still who doesn't have a group? Okay. Okay, you guys know each other. Okay, so and you guys probably all know each other. So you got your you four there. Why don't you two here? You two here. Okay, why don't you join right here? Okay, and you join right here, and you no. You go over here. Okay, you join here, and let's see. Are you guys a, four, a group of four? Is that what this is? Okay. Do you guys know each other? Okay. Okay. And then you guys, so who doesn't have a group of four? Who doesn't have a group of four? Okay, are you guys a group of four right there? I guess so. There you go. No, you're three, and you're three. You're four right back there, right? You are three, you're four, you're four, and you are four. Okay, what can we do now to alleviate the three groups? Are you joining? Okay, join these guys right here. AJ, you come and you join right over here. Okay, this group. There you go. And then you guys will do, a, you guys can be... You guys will be a group of three. Okay, good. Okay, this is very simple. The, the instructions for this are not going to be complicated. And I'll use you guys as guinea pigs, okay? So, you come here. <laughs> What's your name? Yumi. Yumi. Okay, Yumi, you stand here. This is what we're doing. It's just, I'm not going to do anything weird, okay? You just stand here. And you guys, you're here. That's fine. So, we are going to start off. Each person is going to be the recipient at one point. So Yumi is, in our example here, Yumi is the first recipient, okay? And so what you're going to do, these three here are going to ask God to show them something about Yumi. Say, whether it's, God, what do you think about when you think about Yumi? That's a good question. Or, Yumi, when I look at you, I see this. I see kindness. I see peace. Or maybe, maybe there's a verse that pops into your mind or a picture that pops in your mind. Just go ahead and step out and try it. Uh, scripture says that we prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. So sometimes we have to step out and practice. And so what they'll do is they will say to Yumi, this is what I see when I see you, Yumi. And, and so all three of them will say that. It's not a time. You don't want to pray for the person. It's not, I'm going to pray for you. It's, I'm going to say what I'm feeling, sensing, or hearing about you, just like the examples that I, I shared. And so then once each person has said something, and uh, then Yumi is off. She's off the spotlight, exactly. And then we can switch to another person. What's your name? Ina. Okay, then you can switch to Ina. And Ina can be the one that is receiving, and then the three others are saying over Ina. So it should only take you a minute or so per person. shouldn't take you a whole long time. Again, not a time to put your hands on and, and pray and prophesy, all this kind of stuff. It's just sharing the encouraging word that you feel for the person, okay? When I look at you, I see this, or when I, I feel like God, when God thinks about you, this is what he thinks about, uh, or this is the picture I see. Does that make any sense to you? And I, I'll be wandering around so you can ask me questions too during this. Does that make sense? Does anybody have any questions? Question. Oh, you have questions in general. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do I. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> uh, Okay, so you want to identify who you're gonna, who's going to be first, and then 
um, and then you'll go through in whatever way. I mean, you can go clockwise, counterclockwise, randomly. And so I, I'll keep you on pace too. I'll tell you when you should be moving on to your next person. So I'll give you a couple minutes per person, okay? You guys ready? So I'm going to pray because that's important. And then you guys can start. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here tonight. I thank you that you desire to speak. And, and we know in Scripture it talks about your desire to speak. And so we just recognize that tonight. And so right now I just bless each person in this room with your peace because your peace surpasses our experience level. Your peace is greater than what we've done before. And so I bless each heart here with your peace to rest in you and to hear you. Let sensitivity to who you are rise up within each person. And I thank you that from the foundation of the world, you obviously knew this moment was going to happen, and you brought each person here because you have all knowledge and you know everything. So you knew they were going to be here tonight, and you knew they were going to do this tonight from the foundation of the world. So you've anticipated this moment, and you've planned this moment so we can rely on you. And so I bless each person here with that, with that revelation that you know this moment and your peace will come over each one of us. And so we just thank you and ask you to be present. Amen.